Welcome to the Service Department News Podcast, where we discuss all the latest news and developments from across the service department, apart hotel and extended stay sectors. Hello and welcome to the Service Department News Podcast. I'm Felicity Cousins, Assistant Editor of Service Department News, and today I'm talking to Tom Walsh, CEO of Stay City. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, Felicity. Um, I was listening to you and George talking last year in January and you were chatting about how everything would be five years from now and whether and you actually mentioned that you'd be getting back to 2019 levels um, in about five years would you say that was still the case? No I mean I think we were in fact our like for like estate in 2022 now has returned to 2019 levels so we're a good few years ahead of our more pessimistic outlook when I spoke to George last time. I think our job at that time was to make sure we weren't being overly optimistic and uh, you know we didn't um, set up our balance sheet strongly enough to withstand that but thankfully uh, the recovery has taken us a little bit by surprise and we're we're back in our like-for-like -like estate to where we were in 2019 thankfully. Excellent that's really good news actually and it kind of leads me on to my next question which was um, what the challenges have been for the long-stay sector and what have the triumphs been? Yeah, I might take them the in reverse order. Um, <laughs> I think triumphs, I, I think, and it's been well um, spoken about in the sector, is that, um, well, throughout the pandemic, um, occupancies in, long, in the long-stay sector uh, stayed a lot higher than, than pure hotels. So as a subsector of that, um, of the hospitality sector itself, um, long stay in apart hotels and service departments all performed um, an awful lot better. We we maintained around 50% occupancy all through the pandemic for all of our estate, um, which we were seeing our comps at hotels down below 10. So there was a very big gap between our performance. So I guess that's probably, you know, one of the triumphs, which it comes from really the, sec the subsector we're in. Mm -hmm. um, I guess keeping our team intact. So we thankfully managed to keep um, you know, most of our um, key players um, firmly in the State City camp, I have to say, and they, they brought us through the, the pandemic. Um, and um, I'm very grateful to them all for you know, putting their shoulders to the wheel and the challenges were enormous, um, both mental and trying to re, you know, reinvent your business model and so on. Um, so that was a great triumph that um, you know, the team got through so well, I think. Mm. Um, and uh, we we doubled in size as well during the pandemic so we we're twice as big as we were in 2019 and they did that in their you know they took all of that in their stride as well in in team stay city so i guess in terms of um just talking about stay city probably that's uh on the triumph side um the challenges again i think most people have uh, a lot of commentators have spoken about it um i think there's plenty of them, and with the war in Ukraine raging, uh, with supply chains raging, uh, su supply chain problems um, raging, and with the kind of lo loss of um, a lot of uh, labour in the hospitality sector, uh, that they they make up for quite a series of uh, challenges for at least for the next 12, 24 months until things settle out. Um, the supply chain problems and inflation are causing problems with delivery of new properties and let's say signing new properties with developers because nobody has you know very a huge degree of confidence as to the cost of building out those properties 
-hmm. So that's that's slowing down our um, our, our pipe, you know, additions to our pipeline. Right. Um, and on the trading business where we're, you know, um, thankfully, you know, recovery is really well and truly underway, particularly in leisure and corporate signs of corporate coming back as well. Um, it came, the surge has been so strong that to um, get get enough team members in place in time um, at the same time as the entire hospitality sector is all, also trying to do the same has been a huge challenge and, you know, remains quite a challenge for our operations colleagues sure no i appreciate that i can yeah it's, it's all good points thank you for explaining um i was also thinking about what you said a few years ago sorry to keep haunting you with what you've been saying <laughs> um, you mentioned that um you would people should book directly with service departments i mean obviously the sector's always kind of been on the back foot with the gds and the traditional um booking systems would you still say that's the case or or is it much easier now? Um, you know, I think the the um, the OTAs are extremely well resourced and they're they're pushing very hard to win all of our customers and everybody else's too. Um, I think we I think the whole industry took a good look at that during COVID and um, tried to rebalance the amount of business that we're taking through OTAs and the amount of business we're taking through direct channels. And that I think that will never go away as a challenge because um, the the OTAs are you know a vital part of our business and other people's as well. Um, but we can't let them eat our lunch at the same time. So we need to be able to uh, use them when we need them and attract people to book directly as much as possible, um, so that we avoid the big OTA commissions, which ultimately is paid for in the but by the customer. Let's say so. Um, you know they're a vital component of our. Uh, our, you know of our uh, of the channels we use to to fill our our properties up, but um, the 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 trick is to keep it uh, sensible. And we've made I think we probably we've almost we've fifteen to twenty percent of all of our revenue less coming through OTAs today than we did in twenty nineteen. So we've made considerable progress uh, on that front. Yeah, that's quite a big big change, isn't it? That that brings me on to my next question actually about. Um, well, I was actually going to talk about any shift in traveller behaviour that you've seen or noticed, um, and I suppose yeah. that counts. counts. <laughs> yeah, and it is, um, we have seen quite a few changes. I mean, I think um, the the biggest piece is the, the um, what, what they call revenge of leisure, like that is well and truly happening, and I think people are trying to catch up on um, missed couple of years of travelling and seeing, experiencing new things and so on. Um, so it's going to be an extremely busy summer period has been for the last few few months has been extremely busy and it'll go right beyond summer. It looks like despite the, the headwinds now with inflation and, and so on. Um, so that's, um, you know, that's that is a phenomenon that we're experiencing right now. And does that know, include people staying for longer um, at a time? Yeah, and our length of stay has um, increased maybe about 25 or 30 percent, but but that's not not just um, the leisure factor. It's also because um, maybe the shorter stay corporate stuff flying in for one night and flying out, that hasn't um, fully come back. And people say may may never come back fully, um, but what we do see in the United States. So we, you know, to answer about your original question about like the mix of our business and so on and what has changed, like leisure has come back extremely strongly. Corporate is lagging where it was in 2019. In the last 
not so many weeks, maybe four to six weeks or four to eight weeks, we are seeing um, an increase in inquiries amongst corporate clients, an increase in bookings. Um, and we're looking at macro data from the United States. Actually, STR uh, presented this on a seminar recently where uh, corporate travel in the States is back to within 10% of where it was in 2019. And that's usually a lead indicator of what's going to happen in Europe where restrictions were lifted a lot, a lot later. Sure. So, um, you know, something, you know, part of me believes something fairly like 2019 will be the lie of the land again next year, let's say. Um, yeah, hopefully, with, yeah. With some probably some very short state corporate stuff not coming back because, um, or coming back less frequently and probably corporates traveling fewer trips, but maybe a little bit longer, which would be, you know, we'd be happy if that was the um, the outcome because I think it would play into our strengths. Yeah, I mean, that does seem to be a trend where people are kind of, um putting together several meetings over a longer period of time to the same place um so yeah keep going back um what what's um with that in mind um talking about europe um do you have plans to expand outside europe i mean obviously there it's been a tricky time so what's in the pipeline yeah our we you know our our development colleagues in the team are focused really on european cities um, and including, you know, now that Brexit is over, we, of course, are including the UK in that uh, description. But um, so we, you know, we're we're focused on um, Euro European capital cities and kind of what we call powerhouse cities, those cities that demonstrate um, good leisure and business demand and also have, you know, grown and grown and grown over the last, um, you know, um, years and decades, I guess. Um, so that's where our focus is really, and that's just in the European context. Um, during COVID, we did have an opportunity to look at something in Manhattan, actually. Mm -hmm. um, that, that would have been a pure opportunistic play. We we, we liked it um, and we could make the numbers work, but the opportunity didn't in the end come to us. Um, I think it was a, a local operator was in danger of collapsing and you know, thankfully for them, they managed to keep the show on the road. So the opportunity didn't come. It gave us a look at um, just the Manhattan market and we liked what we saw. So it might be part of our future in the future, but it's not really something we're um, investing any time or effort on at the moment. And we would have to put people over there, et cetera. So yeah. um, right now we're fairly single-mindedly focused on European, um, European cities. Excellent. That's interesting when opportunities like that come up. Um, what do you think of this digital nomad and are they here to stay um yes i believe they are here to stay i mean in terms of whether it will um you know change into um you know a very big trend is something i'm a bit less sure about um would, wouldn't be surprised if i mean it's a, a really attractive concept to to say okay i can base myself anywhere and i can or multiple places you know this month in one city and next month in paris and next month in munich or whatever and still be very efficient get my work done i do believe that for certain um types of jobs um whether whether all of that when all of the rest of the market comes back both in leisure and corporate whether that's a you know whether that's um financially achievable or or accessible kind of for for the, for masses of people, I'm not quite sure. I think I'm probably a little bit skeptical on that. 
um, because it's still you know um if you it's still it's still cheapest to rent somewhere make it your home and rent it long term than it is to rent places for 12 different places for 12 different months of the year if you like but yeah. could that cause some um could there be some movement in that direction or some additional business in that direction i believe there could be and i believe there will be but um but whether that completely, yeah whether it completely changed the shape um i i'm probably a little bit more skeptical right yeah no good point um i was going to talk to you about um sustainability actually and your and your sustainability goals across um wild apartments and and um the state city service apartments um how's that going and does that take a back seat a little bit when there's so much um pressure from from the pandemic and another other well um, actually the conversely it gave us actually you know a that my me and my senior team it gave us time to think about during the pandemic gave us time to think about um getting really serious about sustainability and we have taken quite a few moves and it's a it's a topic that um is really first and foremost in our minds now i have to say but we we firstly hired a chief um sustainability officer um about a year ago or so um, we first we did some consultancy with that person and then about a year ago um hired and um and then we've been using or uh, pam who's our chief sustainability officer has been using uh, the resources of a very large sustainability practice based in copenhagen um with 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 huge ambitions really to uh, completely change um how we consume energy in our buildings um and our carbon emissions in the buildings how we recycle and um you know ultimately to create a roadmap that is brings us to um reductions that are in line with the un sustainability goals um both for 2030 and for 2050 and um so we're working pamela is working really flat out on that and, and pam is hiring also another two to three people into the sustainability team in state city to um make sure that we're um holding our feet to the fire as, as such to make sure that we're making steady progress um our steady is the wrong word because it, it really needs to be quite revolutionary progress to get yeah, within the within the terms that are envisaged um, in the paris agreements and so on so we're taking it really seriously we're also um trying to we have a consultancy team working on at the moment trying to um build sorry design a building for us that is um, as close to zero energy consumption as we can possibly get um, and we're investing considerable resources in that design work and in the team and in in the um you know consultancy we need to improve um our carbon footprint we're we're we're, we're definitely intending to position ourselves in the leadership camp in in sustainability um and you know we're we're going to talk less about it and really get down to the action i have to say in terms of making significant and permanent changes in in, in our carbon footprint it's it, a really serious thing for us it's really yeah it's really obviously it's just it's only going to get worse and worse um what what this uh, new building you're talking about the new design is it a prototype that you're going to actually create and somewhere or is it actually just the design it's um it's a building where we are trying to sign it up at the moment and the we're involved on the development side as well which we've done very rarely we've done a, a couple in our entire 18 years but we're uh, where we get involved in the development 
and because we're in the development on it, we can we can um you know we're we're not answerable to a developer across the table like we would be in a normal situation so it's a specific building in london that we're um it's now it's now just a um a site you know with no building on it where we're trying to build it in the manner that is um there's two things when it comes to carbon emissions one is the the damage you do in the act of constructing the building yeah. and then there's the damage you do over the 30 40 50 years where you're operating the building yeah. and in the case of the one in london um we're focusing primarily on the operating carbon emissions that we would be able to um you know run, uh, design a building that has as close to zero as possible in terms of carbon emissions can you give us a hint where that is in london it's um it's near the Tham Thames and it's over on the east side. That's a long river. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that long. You you should be able to spot it from yeah. there. I think. Okay. <laughs> great, that's great. Thanks, thanks, Tom. Um, that's covered all of my questions actually. But if there's anything else you'd like to add, um, anything you can tell us about, that would be great. No, I'd just like to say thank you. I guess for the opportunity to speak about State City because um you know we're we're. Um, you know, determined to continue. Our, our customers love our product as they, you know, I think we've about on booking.com 75 or 80,000 customer testimonials with an average score of nine. So our, our operations team are really fantastic. Our design team are fantastic. And so we're trying to grow our portfolio in those cities in Europe. And um, if anyone who's listening to you has any ideas along that lines, along those lines, we'd, we'd love to hear from them. But um, Really, just to thank you for uh, the opportunity to speak to your audience, Felicity. It's been uh, absolutely, it's been a pleasure. Uh, likewise, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to the Service Department News Podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with all the latest industry news, visit servicedepartmentnews.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter. Service Department News is part of the International Hospitality Media Portfolio.